To our third life crisis podcast we are excited to get another podcast episode out to y'all so thank you for hanging out with us today if you didn't know we are three friends talking about all sorts of topics and surviving this journey from our 20s to our third life crisis my name is john michael and i have the other two-thirds of this show with me what's up austin and cassie hey. hello today is tuesday january 29th we have another fun episode for everyone today so we appreciate you spending the next hour or so with us so before we jump right into it, at 3RD Life Podcast is the social media handle. If ever we are experiencing any troubles or you want to know what we're doing at all times of the day, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And a special hello to our YouTube audience. This is the third full episode on YouTube that Austin has been editing and taking point on. So hello, everyone, and don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. So before we jump into the first topic here, I wanted to say if you're a new or returning listener and you're wondering if this podcast is the right entertainment for you, Here's a small list that Cassie found to help you see if you're going through a third life crisis. All of us here on the podcast are 30, are going to be 30 very soon. Yes, so tomorrow's my birthday, so I went ahead and pulled a list of a few things or some signs um, that you can tell you're in your third life crisis. So the first one that I liked is all your friends are having babies. You are not ready, but shouldn't you be? <laughs> The other one is your metabolism slowing down already, or why is it so much harder to lose weight now? I feel it. I feel it. I'm I lazy. I feel like right after, right after Christmas, I could just feel it. Just yeah. gross. I, I just feel so gross. It doesn't help that we're in this winter, uh, what do you call it, this daylight savings time, and it gets dark like at six. Yeah. Right. It's dark well, before, like when we go to work, and then it's dark when we get out of work. Yeah. I feel like if it was obviously lighter, I'd be a little more active maybe. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> nah. Just kidding. The third one is you have a growing list of little aches and pains. Huh. I have two. I have two. My back hurts at times. And then my just I was raking leaves this weekend for 15 minutes. And I woke up on Monday and my left thigh is just so sore. And it's been two (laughs) days. I was going to say you're still feeling sore. Yeah, I've tried stretching it and it's still there. Well, that's what happens when you don't do yard work, like, all the time. I'm assuming you haven't had to do that. Still, it shouldn't hurt on one leg this bad. I've been trying to be mindful of things that are, like, hurting. Like, I I don't know if this is normal or not, but sometimes I'm, like, just sitting down working or driving or something. You know, just not doing anything, exerting any type of energy or, you know, muscle use or anything. And I'll just start getting, like, a shooting pain somewhere. That'll be, like, in my arm or in my leg. And it's... And then it hits me right there. I'm like, huh. Like, is this me getting old? Like... Yes. It doesn't hurt, or <laughs> like, it's excruciating, but it does bother me. I don't know. Is that... Do y'all get that at all? Yeah. Like, these random pains? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's getting old, but definitely get random pains. I think it's... I think it's due to age. And then I think about, like, you know, sometimes in the summer or springtime, I'll go play sand volleyball. And then, but then, you know, I'm jumping up and down and I haven't jumped up and down in months. And, but then I think about these basketball players who jump one time and their leg bends the other way. Like, I'm I'm like, is that going to happen to me? You remember that one time we're on a cruise and I jumped up for volleyball and my freaking ankle just (laughs) rolled on itself? (laughs) Yes. Oh, lovely. You didn't hit the Okay, so the fourth one is you have to Google (laughs) the meaning of... F-O-M-O-S-M-H-I-K-R-H-R-U. Pretty much any abbreviation you come across. What happened to writing words out? So I knew what all those meant except uh, FOMO. What does I-K-R mean? I know, right? Uh, what is H-R-U? How are you? Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, hit, I guess. hit, right, you, hit something. I don't know. On the podcast, I, again, I didn't know what FOMO meant. I, we talked about that. Right. Your little FOMO mofo, yes. <laughs> okay, and then the last one is listening to busy working moms juggle kids, careers, husbands, and house makes you feel hopeless and hopelessly inadequate. You haven't even done the dishes this past weekend, and I am literally staring at my dishes from this past weekend. I was about to say, there's dishes in the sink right now. Lord help I, me. I don't, look, I don't look at the dishes, so it's okay. Nice. <laughs> Must be nice. Mm-hmm. 
so what was that? You you hear other people talk about their lives, basically? Yeah, listening to busy working moms juggle kids, careers, husbands, and house. And you're just over here feeling like a blob. Yeah, I, I, that's that's funny that the, those are on the list because I think I probably check off on all those. Right. So, dang, so third life... Dang, we're going through a third life crisis. <laughs> I just had that well, realization. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm just kidding. Almost a year in. What the? <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if anyone listening agrees or, you know, are going through those same things, welcome to the club. You are officially going through a third life crisis. And there's a few other things on that list that we can maybe share at another episode, but those are just five. So, going back to what you said, Cass, it's uh, your birthday tomorrow. So, we're hitting the big 3 0. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a hard yes. It's it really snuck up on me. I'm not gonna lie. This whole all of January just flew by. Forget about January. What about the last nine years? Like you're 21, right? And then boom, you're 30. 21 feels. <laughs> 21. That's not how it happens for you. <laughs> Thinking about my 21st birthday. Do you, did we all go out my 21st birthday? That sounds vaguely familiar. But that does, no that does feel like a decade ago. That does feel like a long time ago. I mean, it is a decade ago. Turning 21, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, what are you going to do? Is it a work day? Is it you taking the, a mental health day? What's going on? No, I think we've already talked about that. I don't believe in taking off for your birthday. Real people have mm. to work, especially when it falls on a Wednesday. Hump day? Yeah. Damn, what about lunch? Anything? No? No, no celebratory? Nothing celebra- celebrating told, at all? I told Austin he could either cook me dinner or he could take me out for dinner. His choice. I guess it's a surprise. We won't, we won't talk about it now. But, um, all right, so big old 3-0. Scary, guys. It's all I mean, downhill after this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Austin's, Austin's the first one. Jessica was the first one to turn 30. Yeah. Austin's turned 30, Cassie's turning 30, and I'll be 30 in May. Uh-huh. But seeing how Jessica's doing and Austin's doing, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Cass. I don't know, bro. Real <laughs> scared to go to sleep tonight. I'm just <laughs> if I don't go to sleep, it won't happen. I raked mm-hmm. three times as many leaves as you did, and I felt fine afterwards. Dude. Ooh. <laughs> it was bad. All right. Well, we'll give everyone a birthday update on the next next podcast. Not going to lie, it's probably not going to be anything exciting. So <laughs> There's going to be a whole segment about 15 minutes long. Don't hold your so breath, So look guys. forward to that, guys. All right, well. <laughs> okay, well, so the next thing. Quick, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Will it be easier when you turn like 31, 32, where it's not a round number? No, no, that, no sounds even, that sounds even worse. Okay. That sounds awful. So a friend of mine who has the other podcast, um, The Infamous Four, she just turned 40. And, I was, and her husband, she, he was like halfway to 80. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> well, see, I was thinking about that, too. Uh, Cassie's halfway to 60. I don't know why I was thinking about turning 30. Maybe because I think Cassie and I were talking about her birthday. And then I just started thinking. I was like, well, 30, that still means I still have, like, 50 to 60 more years of life, which is a huge chunk of time. It is. Yeah, but you haven't experienced that amount of time yet. Probably not that long. <laughs> right, right. Quality of life won't be the same. But I just... Thinking about it, thirty years is a long time, but it's only a third run. of my life. <laughs> she just gets up right now. It's what the time is? It? It's eight thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets out. I gotta go exercise. That's why she has those wireless headphones on right now. <laughs> I gotta go do three miles real quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, God willing, you know, no, not God willing. Barring a, is that the right word to use? Barring a act of God, we should make it at least another thirty to forty years. Is that the right? Did I use that in the right sense? Yeah, I mean, I would say hopefully more than 30 years. Right. I guess what I'll, the point I'm trying to make is, like, we're not at the halfway mark yet. No. Shouldn't be. No, no, Shouldn't be, yeah. anyway. Feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> start. You start thinking about mortality at that point. Like, I'm going to be on my deathbed one day. <laughs> True. All right, we're just going to move topics. No. <laughs> <laughs> See what you started, Cass? We already had a, we already had a coping with mortality episode. Mm-hmm. We should do a part two to that. Where you cope with your own mortality. Oh. Not all someone right. else's. All right, all right. We'll save, we'll save it for another time. <laughs> the next thing that we uh, we wanted to say or bring up is, uh, I guess, a technical issue that's happening with the podcast right now. Uh, we're actually in the middle of transitioning the hosting sites from one site to another, which hosts the feed, basically. And in this transition, we just want everyone to know, I'm sure you've seen it maybe, 
but we lost a lot of the episodes in the transition process, I guess. They're not completely lost. We just have to re-upload them. But, uh, so do we yeah. lose all our listens? <laughs> I don't know. Our whole 10 no. listens? <laughs> no, no. We haven't done that. Um, but I just wanted to say something that we're in the middle of fixing that. So if you're new to the podcast, there are at least like, what, 28 other episodes that you can probably check us out on and they'll be available to you soon. We're just in the middle of fixing that. Right, so, right. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, moving stay on with right us. along. <laughs> yeah, stay with us. Uh, we're coming up on that. We're sneaking up on that one year mark in a couple of weeks here. That can't be right. Uh, Austin? Yeah, that's definitely right. <laughs> a whole a whole year already, guys? Yeah. Time definitely flies. Yeah. So moving on to the uh, next topic here. Uh, one thing that I've seen on Netflix, and I think it's on Hulu also, Austin had put in here the fire festivals i guess coming into light all the the documentary i guess on it right right yeah both hulu and netflix both have uh their own specials on it yeah they came out i think well definitely around the same time if not the same day i haven't watched it yet i watched a little bit of, a little bit of it um didn't get into it yet but uh do you want to summarize what that is real quick Austin? yeah um uh, i only watched the hulu one i have not seen the netflix one um and I probably won't, but it basically goes through the history of, probably should look his name up for, um, Bill, Billy, uh, McFarlane, who is the organizer, the main guy of this fire festival. And if you don't remember, it's the festival that kind of popped off and all these celebrities and models were... Uh, posting about it and getting it trending and it was going to have all these big acts and these models were going to be flown out to this island it's uh pablo escobar's island actually um and they were going to live or not live but they were going to have like cabanas and there's going to be the beach there and drinks and you know gourmet food all this stuff is what they sold it as tickets were selling for fifty thousand a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars and then Come the time of, you have the people that bought the tickets flying out there, and it's not a private jet that flies them out there. They land and they are bussed over in like these old ass school buses to tents that are made for like FEMA and like rescue. Um, the picture that of course went big was the one that got posted. I don't know how many times where it's a picture of the bread with some cheese on it, and basically. Uh, McFarlane defrauded everyone of this money and people were stuck there and it turned into like Hunger Games, Lord of the Flies type stuff where people were hoarding stuff, people were stealing stuff um, but that's pretty much the whole thing about the fire Festival. Oh and Ja Rule <laughs> I did see that when I was watching it uh, the, again the very beginning Ja Rule was like a partner in that right? Yeah, I mean, it. it's very strange. I heard the Netflix one goes into more about Ja Rule. The Hulu one didn't as much. But basically, McFarlane got his money just by conning people along the way. Um, from like his very first con, each con became bigger. And he was able to get actual people to back him up. Most of these people were not good people. They, uh, they also had their issues. But... Each one backed him with higher and higher amounts. And when he wanted to do this fire festival, Ja Rule basically like signed on and kind of lent his name to it. Um, and you can see in the interviews leading up to the festival, Ja Rule kind of always defers the questions to McFarlane. Uh, but then after the festival, they showed us on Netflix, he did a, Ja Rule did a podcast, and I don't know what it is or what channel it's on, but basically, the podcast is you just get drunk and they ask you questions and Jesus. in it he talks about how like no like he was one of the partners and stuff he like confesses it or something yeah but um it's a whole thing because you see these people like trying to put on this fire festival that's not going to happen like this was going to be the coachella the next big thing and it just was not going to happen there's no way to physically build this festival in six months like, they said this type of festival to build at this island would take minimum two years. And they were trying to do it in six months. 
people on the island that helped out. I don't want to say helped out, but like were hired to build stuff. Like the locals there, um, they're all like destitute now. They they sank all their life savings into working and building and doing all this stuff, and they never got paid. No one ever got paid. Um, so like that island is just Jesus. bankrupt. Those people are like living off nothing now. Um, along with the, obviously the people that actually paid for the tickets to fly out there and. You know, they lost everything, too. Or not everything, but they lost their money. So, like, what happened? I guess, spoiler alert from this point forward. I'll, I'll probably watch it, but, like, I'm sure it's been out there, too, in the news. What happened? Like, did they go to, I'm assuming they went to prison? Uh, he he is in prison. The reason I like the Hulu one is because they actually interviewed McFarlane. Um, and they interviewed him before he went to prison. And so he has gone to prison, I think it's, like, six years uh, so nothing crazy. I mean, yeah, he has to pay back people, but I'm sure, you know, the money he makes in prison being there will go to some of it. And then I just think whenever he gets out, he'll pay them back by defrauding other people and continue the same thing until he's put in prison again. Did Ja Rule go to prison? No. Well, I mean, he did, but that was something else. I was going to say, like, I feel like he did go. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if this was related to that. So was no, this supposed I... to be his comeback or... Who? Ja Rule. Like, was he supposed to perform or he's just a partner? I don't know. Just I don't know if he was ever on, on the billing. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever on the billing. Like, they got, like, big names to play at this. Um, when you say got, you mean said. They didn't actually get anyone. Well, that's the thing. So, they, McFarlane, like, he pranked everybody. Even the musical acts. Like, he did contact Blink-182 and, like, was in talks to have him there. He did contact these other artists. He did contact these models. But then this guy, I don't know, remember his name, but he's the one that started the Twitter uh, handle Fire Fraud, right? And he was basically, he would just tweet all the insane shit that were lies that he heard from this festival. And so slowly, slowly, he like starts tweeting this stuff. And then word finally gets back to the musicians, the models, like the, the talent, like, hey, have y'all actually gotten paid for anything? And on their end, they're like, you know, we haven't. Um, it's it's a couple weeks away. He said they, he was, but something's going wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like, all these excuses. And finally, it all kind of came out. And I guess all the musicians, their agents kind of saw the writing on the wall. were like, we're not getting paid for this. We're pulling out. And they started just imploding from there. Yeah, but unfortunately for the people that bought the tickets and were already on the plane, I mean, they were already there. Like, there's nothing you can do. Interesting. So it was a big con. Yeah. But it wasn't, it didn't start out to be a con. It was supposed to be what it was supposed to be. It just it, turned I think into it was a, always going to be a con. Oh, really? He was, he was always, he never had the intention of doing anything. He didn't have the resources. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I have an intent to throw a big party tomorrow. Like, that, that doesn't mean I can do it. Like, he and everyone else should have known and were told you can't build this kind of festival in six months. Hmm. So okay. he knew. And when you watch the special on Hulu, when they ask him stuff like that, when it's interesting to see because when it when it's something that he can't lie about or try to wiggle out of, he just has nothing to say. He just, like, sits there. I'm sure he wanted to throw the badass festival, uh, but it's the same thing with all his other business ventures that were basically like defrauding people. I'm sure he wanted to be, or wanted to have like the next, he had this other business venture called the Magnesis card. It's not important, but anyway, same thing. I'm sure like he wanted that Magnesis card to be like the next big thing, but he knows it's not going to be. Um, but it was interesting like to hear how, like quotes from his mom about like, he was the smartest kid in his class, like, you know, in, I forgot what grade, like, preschool or, like, young, young, young. He um, had his first business by, like, um, selling crayons or something like that. Where, like, oh, you want the blue crayon? I have the blue crayon type of stuff. Uh, Get that mindset already. Yeah. Uh, so. Scary. Just to know that he was going to, people are suckers is probably what he saw. Right, right. I mean, I think that's what it all is. I saw, um. I mean, I guess this is all happening at the right time because 
the Hulu thing came out, the Netflix thing came out, and then I saw that some models are like now getting involved too, like yeah, yeah. Uh, fined or sued or something. They're getting called into court to basically. I don't, I don't know if it's to testify or just to kind of put a better timeline and not timeline is not the right word, but better, I guess, context to who knew what, when did they know what, you know, what was going on. Because um, I guess if they knew, you know, I guess if they knew at the time that it wasn't going to be anything, they probably are like an accomplice, right? To an, to an extent, like helping promote something that's not going to. But I don't see how they anything. would, I don't see how they would know. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing know. like. The music, the musicians, like, you would promote it in good faith thinking, oh, wow, you know, this guy has the island, he has backers, uh, job rules attached, I mean, whatever that means, but just like, uh, in good faith, you'd be like, oh, this is good. I mean, maybe these musicians and models shouldn't do that until, I guess, a contract is signed and there's some money on the table. I don't know. I don't mean that's, that's however, like, business is done with agents and stuff. I don't know. But it's hard for them to... No, like they wouldn't have known like, oh, he hasn't been planning it for two years. He just started planning it last month. They wouldn't have known that. I don't I don't think they would. Yeah, I get it. I honestly, I mean, I don't even watch the news right now, which is pretty bad. I'm not connected with anything, but I didn't hear about this until this documentary came out. So, You don't remember when all this was happening? No. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, remember... I saw that it was in 2017. So, that I mean, really recently. Yeah, I mean, that picture of the toast, which we'll put the picture up on the YouTube uh, video that was like the that picture is what symbolized the whole fire festival i do remember the picture but i guess i didn't look into it but the whole um thought of it like from the state's perspective everyone that was over here was just like oh you know rich millennials getting what they deserve you know why would like you sp- why would you spend fifty thousand dollars to go to a private island like that's stupid why would you think that's a real thing you're an I'm idiot sorry, for how much money that. did they spend the lowest ticket prices were fifty thousand dollars. No way! I believe. Who could because afford th- that? Because I think they started it off either at twenty five hundred or twenty five thousand. I know that those are big separations, but remember, this went up to like a quarter of a million for a ticket, and so they started those ticket prices for general admission, thinking that you know this is a lot of money. No one's gonna really buy this. Again, it's a scam. Like we're just trying to make money to pay off this, to pay off that. And those general mission tickets were flying out of their hands. And it was, I don't know who, but someone told McFarlane, like, hey, you need to up this because this is, this is too crazy. So then they started doing platinum tier and this tier and this tier would get you a whole house, not just a cabana. And so, like, those were, like, a quarter million dollar ticket price. Jesus. And, you know, you were promised, again, you're going to fly out here in a private jet. You're going to have your own cabana, own house, gourmet food. The chefs are going to be all high class. Models are going to be walking around. You're going to have all these musical acts. You're going to be able to party with the musical acts. You know, all this stuff. This is Pablo Escobar's beach, like, all this stuff. And so people who paid and were over there and then were now... Because this was all, again, they were tweeting it. They were Instagram. They were videoing it. You have, like, one girl on the bus driving over there, and when she sees, like, the FEMA tents, she just starts crying. Oh. And, you know, people commenting, like, oh, look at this rich, stuck-up bitch. Like, you know, what did she think was going to happen? Or, you know. There was no sympathy, I guess, from, like, average folk like us. Right, because we could never afford. But then you hear the stories on their end where they're like, we took out, oh, some of these millennials, I, all my savings went into this. I took out loans to go to this thing, blah, 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 blah. Mm Mm-hmm. But same thing from that, like, oh, you shouldn't have, people were saying, you know, you shouldn't be dumb like that and cash in your life savings or take out loans for $50,000 to go to a festival. Yeah, the first of its kind, yeah. Right. Do Coachella tickets cost that much? I've never really looked into it. I don't, I mean, I don't, again, I haven't either, but I doubt they cost a quarter million dollars. Yeah. But that's the thing too, right? Like it didn't start off like that, but yeah. as as the festival builds, like it's it's it sustains itself now, and they they can afford to sell high ticket prices. But the whole no, I mean the whole documentary was very interesting. They um, I like it again because they talked to him. His girlfriend is still standing by him. Uh, just interesting, interesting person. Yeah, I mean, I I'll finish watching it. it 
caught my attention. I just I had to step away from it, but um, I'll uh, I'll get on board with you soon, and we can talk about it more if we need to. So I guess moving on right along, the next thing here that I I wanted to talk about was uh the topic of I don't know, I don't even know if this is a word, but Austin created this word I think it was rewatchability, and I find myself sometimes watching a show over and over again or a movie like in the mood to watch this movie over and over again. So I wanted to know if you guys have, first of all, those, I guess, uh, urges to watch those things or, uh, or, and what those things are, what movies or shows those are. No, I feel like I'm just like a four year old kid. Like you just turn the TV on and I just look at it, you know, (laughs) obviously could put some random ass shit on that I'm not even interested in. And I'm just sitting there watching it until he finally leaves the room. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should probably change this. (laughs) So, like, I, I have an example, I guess, because, I mean, I'm the one who brought up the topic. Um, there was a time when King of the Hill was on Netflix, and for whatever reason, every time, like, I was cooking dinner and eating dinner, I had to put on an episode. Like, I had to watch it. I don't know why. It, 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 I don't know if it helped. I don't know. me. I, I don't know how to describe it. It helped me eat? Or, I don't know. It was just, like, the mood or the ambiance. So I don't know if you guys have anything like that, or Austin, because Cassie says she doesn't. No, I mean, I don't really put, I'm not one to put in a DVD, I'm not one to, like, go and start something. Cassie and I do watch stuff when we eat dinner. Uh, we'll watch on Hulu, um, American Dad, King of the Hill, uh, Bob's Burgers, something like that. Uh, and again, it's just kind of like to de-stress. I've seen the episode before, it's it's a easy, easy to watch type of thing. Yeah. But... I will say when there's a when there's something on TV and I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, if it catches my eye, like then I want to watch it. Movies that do this automatically every single time, Sicario, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, yeah, the other guys, <laughs> um, like no matter where they're at, if that's on, I'm gonna start watching that. Uh, this weekend, Rogue, Rogue One. Oh, Rogue was, One, yeah. I was so into that. I don't even, yeah. We didn't come in at the beginning. Oh, maybe we did. Close to the beginning. What was the other yeah. one that I was watching? Civil War? Captain America, yeah. Yeah. I was real into that, and then you turned it. Yeah, because, I mean... There was, uh, there's two movies that I watched probably within a week, three times. Where and did it you was find just time like, to watch that, that kind of... <laughs> Oh, it was like it was like I mean like I put it on or something. And oh, okay. it, it was in the background. I wasn't like sitting there watching it, but it was The Big Short. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that movie. That one's a good one. one. I don't know I don't know what it is about that movie, but like the complexity about it and the information stuff, like I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I don't know I don't know what makes me want to watch it again. And then um this Netflix show called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's a Netflix uh one of those Netflix original movies and uh that had my attention for like a good three weeks, maybe. And it's on, I didn't watch it straight for three weeks, but like it was always on my mind. And I was going to YouTube and looking at some clips and stuff. I didn't want to watch the whole movie. And I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up as far as a topic. Like I thought that was, I think that's strange, but I guess it's not too strange if you guys sometimes get that urge. We have a bunch of DVDs that we don't sell, but I've never been inclined to just put something on is that a shot fired at me because i won't let you sell dvds no i mean because i think the ones we don't sell are like those are the disney ones which i mean i don't mind keeping but i'm never like inclined to like put any one of those dvds on but if it's on tv i will wa- i'll watch it um mean girls like or, you watch that at any time yeah any point in the movie so th- so that to you has rewatchability Mm-hmm. There's not really, I guess, so much to talk about. I just thought it was. First, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Like I was going crazy or something. Like I have the urge to watch this, and I have to go find it. It's one of my categories. Like another movie that I think I uh, this just stands out to me uh, was Limitless Excellent. with Bradley Cooper. I wanted yeah. to like, and I didn't have the movie, and it wasn't on TV, so I went onto Xbox and Marketplace, and I rented it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know what it what like that's what I'm talking about like it's like this urge that has to be like I don't know somehow I I need to watch it and then there's some movies that I just will will watch once yeah there's a ton and be like oh that was a good movie and never watch it again yeah because if the movie's like too heavy I don't want to live through that again 
but it can still be a great movie. But I have rewatchability as one of my movie categories when I'm ranking them because the more I can watch it or feel like I want to watch it or need to watch it, that's more enjoyment I get out of the movie that I paid whatever to go see. I totally forgot another one. House of Cards. I can watch that over. I have watched it over and over and over and over and over again. All the seasons. Like, I can start in any season. And uh, my friend Caesar or Mar- Caesar and Marshall, excuse me, they can watch The Office over and over and over and over again all seasons. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd mention that. I mean, I can watch, like, Park and Recreations over and over again. Uh, you said King of the Hill. But it's not a... I never have, like, a pull to go see a certain movie. Really? Zodiac? Zodiac's not one of them? Oh, yeah, Zodiac, yeah. Zodiac, you just, you're like, you're, like, in the mood for, you get in the mood for it. You're like, damn, I need to watch that movie. Yeah, that, I guess that's one caster, yeah. <laughs> Good that job, Jake, caster. That Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why. He's always like, let's watch this Zodiac movie that's 10 hours long and nothing happens in the film. That is a good movie. For, okay, but Zodiac's like a Zodiac's like a perfect combination movie because it's true crime, which I love. It's directed by my favorite director, David Fincher. So I like the whole aesthetic of it. Nothing happens. It tells a like a it tells the whole story. I like like these epic stories, and it does. There's, I mean, there is an end to the movie. I get what Cassie's saying though. Like, it's boring. It's dialogue. It's looking and wondering, and but. I don't know what it is about that. I agree, though. I I could watch that over and over again. Mm-mm. And, and maybe it is the dialogue, the type of dialogue, or you know, the investigative work. I don't know. Same way with the Big Short. Same way with I mean, everything else I've mentioned. Yeah, the other one that's good too. I mean, what's the one? Uh, it doesn't have rewatchability, I think, because of the subject, but it still fits into the same category. Uh, spotlight. Mm, never heard of it. Mm-mm. Let me hold on real quick. Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight. That's the one where the, the what? Which one? The Herald, Washington Herald. One of them. That's when all the scandals came out about the police sexual abuse. The police, the priest police. sexual abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's the same thing too. Like they're trying to solve it. They're trying to like get to the bottom of it. I can see uh, that one though. I would rewatch that one. Then another good one, John. If you like the Big Short to watch, um, do you have HBO? Uh, I do not. Oh. Well, on HBO, there's one, The Wizard of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. It's Robert De Niro. No, it's Robert. Yeah, Robert oh, De Niro. Oh, with Shia LaBeouf? No, 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 no. Uh, let me make sure it's Robert De Niro. Do. Oh, I'm thinking of the one Michael Douglas, I think. Oh, that's... Uh, that's something else with Wall Street, isn't it? Yeah, that's Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. That's a good one. That, if you watch part one and part two of that with... Yeah, with but it's not with um, Shia LaBeouf is in part two, but it's with um, what's his name? The actor's name. His character is Gordon Gecko. Gordon Gecko. Who's married to Michael Douglas? Jeez, I man. said Michael Douglas. Oh, did you? My bad. <laughs> I was looking at Wizard, but yeah, the Wall Street one. That's another good one, but it's another like long movie. Uh, but Wizard of Wall Street, it is with Robert De Niro. It's with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. He plays uh, Bertie Madoff. Hmm. Ooh, that one's good. That one's good. I, I really like that one. Uh, and the okay. other one that's good is this one's Al Pacino, and it's on HBO called Paterno, where he plays the coach Paterno. Okay. Also good. Again, they're, like, solving it. They're going through, like, the whole story of it. Maybe that's my uh, my wheelhouse now. I don't know. I've been really into westerns lately, like, but like newer westerns. Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> like not just the game, but uh, I watched True Grit. I watched uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Like I said, I watched The Magnificent Seven, The Hateful Eight. Like I was watching all. I was just like in this zone of just, just like cowboy movies. I don't know. Um, Cowboys and Aliens. Just said like that's like an old man thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did <laughs> want to watch Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, I haven't, I haven't had watched that one yet, but that yeah, I was like, good. I was <laughs> like in this, the zone, huh? So that's not a good movie. It's not a good movie, but I've only seen it once, and in, I started googling like recent Western cowboy movies, and that came up because obviously it came out pretty, you know, a couple years ago, and it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah, I know. What's the, what's the most recent Western? Uh, probably Quentin Tarantino. Actually, no. 
uh, Hostel, I think, is a Western movie. Isn't it Hostel with Christian Bale? Maybe it's not. Maybe that's more 1700, 1800s. That's not really Western. Rewatchability. I see why it's on your, what do you call it? Your scale on grading movies. I feel like Austin has a <clears throat> high tolerance for, or doesn't have a high tolerance for rewatchability. Like a lot of his critiquing of films is like, nope, I scored them low on that section. I don't know. To me, it's like, eh, just put anything on, you know, kind of just drown out the. No, because I want to watch something. I want to see something because it's good. Not me. If the story's really good with most of these, you can watch it again and you still get that same feeling you did when you first watched it. Okay, so <clears throat> the other day we were talking about, we, I guess, had like a small meeting about the podcast and uh, I was eating, you were eating, and I saw you drink a beer with your meal. And right. I, I, saw, I, I realized I can't do that. I can't enjoy the beer or the food together. So I just wanted to know how, what you guys thought about that. I mean, obviously, Austin, you can do it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, anywhere you go now, they have like, oh, this pairs well with this or this goes good with that. Um, which is, I'm not saying that's what I do, but I have no problems eating food and then drinking alcohol with it. The problem I have is I need to drink something when I eat food. I do too. Cass- Cassie doesn't. Cassie can eat a whole meal and not drink anything. Yeah, Jess doesn't. Jess can wait too, but I need to I'm also. Never, I need I'm never to help thirsty. her digest. But if it's part of the meal, it helps you feel full quicker. If you drink water or tea or whatever you're drinking, it helps you feel full quicker. I heard that. That's what eating's for. Yeah, I heard that you're, it's best not to drink while you eat because when you drink after you eat something, you know, you swallow food and then you drink something, it pushes the food down more. It's, it's compacting the food more and more and more and more. So when you're actually done, you're actually fuller than if you were just eating the food by itself. I don't know if that makes sense. You drink, you drink with the food and then you don't have to eat as much food. So you feel satiated quicker and you're not overeating. I agree hmm. with the alcohol thing, though. I can drink. I can have a drink before we eat, or I can have a drink after we eat, but I can't do it during. I mean, I can drink before, during, and after. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's strange that you can eat food without drinking something with it. You can eat food without. I agree, and I, I can't do it because I, I need to, like, wash it down with something. Right. Not with alcohol. But just it's some, I need to drink something while I eat. So you can drink anything else with food, just not alcohol. Yeah, I can drink, you know, water, soda, milk. Right, right, right. But the beer, maybe, I don't know. I just, the beer obviously has a taste. I cra- When I crave a, I don't really crave a beer, but when I want to drink a beer, I'm drinking it for, I ask for a certain beer so I can taste that beer. You know, we drink a lot of IPAs. They all have different types of bitterness, taste. That doesn't taste good with, like, a hot dog or a pizza to me. But some of these beers, I mean, they say they t- they pair well with this steak or something. Yeah, maybe maybe that's true, and maybe yeah, I haven't I mean, tried the right combination. I agree. It's hard to drink something heavy or, uh, like the IPAs, where you don't want to be bloated. So it does need to pair well, and it needs to not, like... Uh, affect one another too much but i don't have any issues when it comes to drinking and eating at the same time one thing that i would like to get into which obviously i think you have to develop a taste for is doing the wine with food because i know you're saying the beers sometimes pair with foods i've personally never seen that but i always see wines you know wines with this cheese wines with this i guess this type of meat maybe i don't know yeah yeah but i think that's i think that, that could become like an expensive hobby it can be i mean you don't have to have like a whole bottle with the meal i feel like it's the same thing with beer though it's kind of a acquired taste yeah i remember uh, drinking an, like a crappy beer years ago and like forcing myself to drink it because i wanted to drink beer hmm. and then you introduced me to ipas and i f- remember forcing myself to drink an ipa until i acquired that taste i'm actually yeah. going through that right now i've been drinking a cup of coffee a day and i don't drink coffee and it's still a little tough, but 
it was either that or monsters i used to drink a monster every day i think i've said that already mm-hmm. i remember that <laughs> so uh i've been drinking like a little cup of coffee and it's actually working so slowly but surely i'm like acquiring this taste yeah uh side note when i was driving back to work today because we had to take our car to the maintenance um on the radio this weekend in dfw at some bar i don't remember now but they are doing a tasting with girl scout cookies and beer what pairs well together so they have a set menu where it's girl scout cookies taste good with this ipa this ipa tastes good with this girl scout cookie and that's what we're going to do at that bar is it just ipas i think it was just ipas but, I mean, this is just something I heard on the radio, so, I mean, I might have mis- misheard. But I know they were going to pair the beard with the Girl Scout cookies. And one girl on the radio did say something like, I'd rather have it paired with wine, but that's pretty cool or something like that. So, well, we all know how much We all know how much Cassie likes Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. What? How do you preserve them, Cass? What's the secret? There, I mean, there's no secret. You just put them in your mouth. They don't really last very long. I'm just kidding. No, um... <laughs> I put my Thin Mints in the freezer. <laughs> I'm on my second box. Uh, is it like is it like crack? Is it addicting? Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> so my mom, when when I first went to college, my mom would buy me a box of Girl Scout cookies every year. So now when they come, I'm like, I need that. That's like I should be I should have that. And I think there was a few years I went without it. And it's, it's sad. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I was so sounds, sad those that years. That sounds bad, but whatever. I, cr- I don't eat a lot of sweets, but I actually crave cookies sometimes, but not regular, like plain cookies, like Nella Wafers or mm-hmm. H-E-B sells those seasonal cookies. Like those, they have the Valentine Hearts one right now. Sure. Like I get those seasonal cookies and I crave those or a donut every now and then. I'll tell you what I was craving. Those Christmas cookies we were making. The we dozen made, or... we had we had we made our neighbors cookies um, mm. for New Year's, right? And so then I packaged all these cookies and Austin and I walked to each house to deliver them and give them like a card or whatever. And one neighbor next door, she was like she didn't go to the she didn't go to the door, right? And I was like, maybe we should just leave them like on her patio. And I was like, no, don't just leave it out there. I was like, all right, fine. I Wait, ate and, in- and we saw the neighbor open up the window and then open the door. <laughs> like she moved the curtains so, and did so not come knew, outside. She, she knew we were there. That's why I was like, oh, we can That's just not very neighborly like, of her. Oh. He's like, don't do that. And I was like, all right. So I took him home and I freaking ate that whole thing of cookies. They're freaking <laughs> delicious. They're chocolate chip cookies with pecans in them. And I was just like, just, just throwing them back. Throwing those cookies. And then what happened? (laughs) No. And then, so we're having dinner, right? The freaking doorbell rings. And so my dogs are going absolutely crazy, like losing their damn minds, right? (laughs) Barking, running. And we were eating dinner. I had like spilled food on myself. I was like real (laughs) gross looking. And there she is at the door. And I'm like, fuck, I literally just ate all your cookies. (laughs) All of them are gone. I have you nothing have, to You should have peaked you. and then just walked away again. Give her that <laughs> same, and she, same she was so nice. She was like, I was sick. I didn't want to, you know, get y'all sick and come to the door. She was like, I, I made you this pound cake. It was so freaking good. And I felt so bad because I already eaten all her cookies. Cassie had cookies Whatever. and pound cake. It was so good. <laughs> should have answered the door then. So if she was six, she still came out though later that day to give you that was, different day. Was, this was like a week later. Or something. Oh, okay. It was like a, yeah, it had been a while. Like I didn't want the cookies to go bad. <laughs> no, yeah, I I remember when she came. I was laughing at the fact that we she had finished all the cookies, but I remember by that time you had said they would have already been bad. It had been like a week or something. Yeah, they were gonna get stale. Like they weren't gonna last that long. I don't want to so, give her bad cookies. So moral of the story: Cassie makes a badass cookie. So anyways, every day after work, I was craving a cookie. Long story short. I was like, mm, cookies when we get home. Uh. I will say that I don't eat a lot of sweets either like John, but that's one thing I can't drink alcohol with is if something's sweet. Is alcohol in sweets a thing? 
No, but I mean, you you can do like a nice like what like sherry wine with like a dessert. Oh, I guess wines and like yeah, you're right. Wines and pie. I don't know but, that thing. But I wouldn't do like beer. Like that's one thing where if I'm having something sweet like a donut or uh, a frostingless cupcake, I wouldn't want to have a beer with it. Frostyless cup. Okay, so just like small and a plain cupcake. Yes. Bread. <laughs> it's called bread. <laughs> Oh, just just inform me. Wine and chocolate go together, right? Mm. I don't like chocolate though, but I do like Oreos. So think about that one. Dude, Oreos <laughs> and milk. I forgot what we bought milk for. It was like Thanksgiving or something, and I bought—I don't know why I bought that much milk, but I bought like half a gallon of milk, and we only needed a little bit. That much milk, only half a gallon. <laughs> And we had Oreos, and I was just downing those Oreos. This explains a lot, guys. Um, I'm starting to realize what I did these past nine years after 21. Milk was so good. I was, like, drinking it by the glass, John style. Yeah, I like milk. Jess Jess has an argument, you know. I don't know if I've said this before, but um, milk milk is to make baby cows fat. So, obviously, if you drink nothing but milk, you're going to... You're drinking a lot of fat. Right. So since we've been together, married, living together, I've kind of toned back on the milk. I used to go through about two gallons a week. and uh, a lot of milk. <laughs> and uh, that's just because I drink it with everything. But uh, I drink water now, a lot, a lot more water, more water at work. Are you craving milk? No. And that's I what I told her. I was like, I think like I have to drink milk. Like I had that craving. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of gone away. There's sometimes where I crave cheese, and I'm like, mmm. Cheese? Yeah, and I want pizza. Like, you know, like, mm, I'm craving cheese, or I want well, a hamburger. Pizza's your favorite. Is your pizza your favorite food? Yeah. <laughs> what do I mean? The three C's. Oh, wait, that's something else. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the three C's. <laughs> Chocolate, Chinese food, cheese. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told Jess a story a while back. I remember salivating when I was younger over <laughs> the Chinese food at H-E-B. Dude, yes. <laughs> the, yes. The lemon chicken. Yes, no. they don't make that anymore. They don't make that anymore. That's the best freaking lemon chicken I that ever had. That lemon chicken was like otherworldly. Dude, I, I, still don't know go, to I still go back to that H-E-B and I look like where it used to be and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, dang, somebody has that recipe out there. Dude, it's I remember so being at St. James Austin and like wanting it for dinner. <laughs> I have no idea what y'all are talking about. Dude, <laughs> you never had so the Chinese food at HEB? We no. lived outside of San Antonio, so we'd have to drive into town to buy our groceries. And we would like get like a small bowl and like share it, you know, and then take our groceries back home. Oh my God, lemon chicken is so good. That lemon there. chicken was really good. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also, you don't crave any food? Like, Besides, you know, every now and then maybe you want to sweep, but, like, what do you crave? Like, what's your favorite food? Beer. You crave beer? Because I think that's... My favorite food would be, like, would be, like, shrimp. I like, I mean, my favorite food is shrimp, but I never, like, crave shrimp. What do you crave? Like, what's something you crave to eat? Uh, vegetables, since I never give him vegetables. Nobody craves vegetables. Yes, people crave vegetables. <laughs> every once in a while, yeah. I mean, I, if I haven't had, like, vegetables in a while, because, like, particular vegetables, I will crave, like, Particular vegetables like cabbage and stuff. Strange. <laughs> that is no. very strange. But I don't think I crave any particular food. Maybe that's a good sign. I mean, you're not picky. Water. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, much water. I, yeah, I drink a lot of water. So How I much water, water do you drink a day, dude? I tried calculating. I tried making myself drink water every day. <laughs> and I, I, I download this app and everything. Try to keep, you know, track of it. Mm-hmm. But I just then I just stopped. I think at the highest point, I was probably drinking close to 100 fluid ounces a day. Damn. What's the recommended? Isn't it like, what, 40-something? T- I mean, it's whatever your body tells you, but they say like eight glasses or whatever they say. Because I would drink, I had a jug that was 48 ounces, and I would drink two of those at work. And then I figured I drank, obviously before I got to work, some water when I would, when I would wake up. And then I would drink some more water when I got home. So probably like 100 fluid ounces a day. A hundred fluid. Okay, so the rec- the recommended uh, 
intake of water daily is eight ounces, which equals two liters, which equals half a gallon. Eight ounces, and you're drinking a hundred ounces. Eight ounces can't be the recommended. Eight ounces is one cup, one glass. Eight recommended eight ounce glasses. Oh, eight eight ounce glasses. Mm-hmm. So sixty four. Yeah, sorry. Eight eight ounce glasses. So sixty four is recommended. I was drinking a hundred. I probably drink oh, okay. like twenty four every two days. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I got to drink more water. But even on top of like drinking the hundred fluid ounces, I would still drink twenty four ounces of tea, and I would still drink twelve ounces of soda in that same day. Hmm. I just always have to be drinking something. I will say, since Jess and I moved in, I've never gone through so many packs of water in my life. Like, the, the gallons per week have turned into, like, large packs of water. Like, bottles of water? Yeah. What's wrong with the sink? I'm just kidding. I like, see, I never used to like the taste of purified water. I used to love, you know, out in the, the freaking water hose or something. The sink water. I think that's the poor in us. Because <laughs> there's no bottled water when we were young, right? Like... That wasn't but, a thing. But then when I would drink like a bottle of water, it didn't it tasted gross. Like you can taste the I mean, clear crispness of it. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. You don't taste those uh <laughs> pollutants. Those nice minerals. Mm-mm. Um but yeah. That was a we went rant we went really off topic there. <laughs> <laughs> that just kept snowballing out. Uh was that it, Cassie? Any final words as your 29-year-old self? I know. I'm expiring as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) You expire in three hours. I already expired 30 minutes ago because I should be in bed by now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anything Uh, you want to tell your future self, your your, your 29-year-old self? No. This is is the year. (laughs) No, that's not it either. It just, I guess maybe it hasn't hit me yet. And luckily, I'm not going straight to work, so we won't have to actually celebrate. I'm going to be out in the field, I guess you could say. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, so nobody's going to know it's my birthday, which is nice. All right, well, we'll say an early happy birthday to Cassie here, and then we'll cut it off right here. Thanks for sticking around for the podcast episode. Go ahead and make sure you do follow us on our social media websites. At 3RD Life Podcast. Find us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and now YouTube, or you can search www.3rdlifepodcast.com and you can find all the stuff on there. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and follow us on all that stuff. Alrighty, all our episodes are on the website, so if you don't see them in your podcast player, just go to the website and check it out. Thank you guys for hanging out. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, guys. Later. crisis is this double chin i've been getting there's a blooper where where is this coming from there's the blooper i just can i finish my thought you know i didn't notice until like our wedding photos where when did i get a second chin like where does this come from how do you get rid of a second chin